This is episode 131 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health, and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hi friends, it's Jesse here. Before we hop into today's show, I want you to know that if you're listening in real time, today is June 21st and it's the last day to register for my upcoming live online workshop for fitness and health practitioners. It is called Body Talk, managing conversations about body image, body size, and body discomfort with your clients and patients. I am hosting, and we are so lucky to have two very special guests joining, Chrissy King and Erin Bogle. We are going to be workshopping on strategies and education to help you reduce harm when speaking to clients about their bodies, fitness, wellness, and health spaces, have sensitive, exploratory conversations around weight stigma and body composition in your client and group training sessions, including with pregnant and postpartum people, help you shift away from coaching or advising intentional weight or fat loss if that doesn't feel aligned for you. And led by Chrissy King, we are going to understand the racial origins of anti-fatness, the differences between body image and body positivity, and how, as practitioners, we must understand our body size and skin privilege. And led by Erin Bogle, we are going to be talking about understanding our anti-fat bias as health practitioners, how this shows up in our coaching and treatment, and why people in larger bodies are feeling dissuaded, fearful, or unsafe from entering our spaces. So this session is designed and will be important for personal trainers, fitness professionals, physiotherapists, physical therapists, chiropractors, doulas, midwives, anyone who works in movement or people and their bodies. This is an online session that is live and will only be run one time only. If you cannot make the live call, note that the replay will be sent out to you within 24 hours. So if you want to and are committed to being a practitioner who creates online and in-person fitness and wellness spaces that people feel comfortable accessing in their current body, this workshop will be the right one for you. So you can go to jessiemundell.com slash body dash talk dash workshop, which is linked in the show notes of today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here. On today's episode, I'm excited to have 18 other pelvic health physiotherapists join me in sharing their top pelvic health tips. You'll learn everything from how to connect with your pelvic floor, incontinence, pelvic organ prolapse, internal pelvic pain, intimacy in your pelvic floor, 
pelvic girdle pain, preparing for birth, postpartum recovery, and so much more. The pelvic health physiotherapists on today's episode are making a difference not only in person in their community, but also online and around the world. Be sure to check out today's show notes at twobirthandbeyond.com where you'll find out how to connect online with each physiotherapist from today's episode. If you've joined us on the podcast since the start, Jess and I want to say thank you and that we appreciate you listening and sharing the podcast with friends and family. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm Anita Lambert, a pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on pregnancy, birth prep, and postpartum recovery. My practice is called Holistic Health Physiotherapy in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, and you can find me online at holistichealthphysio.com and also on Instagram and Facebook at Holistic Health Physio. I'm also the creator of the Bump to Birth online course, which guides you step-by-step to prepare you, your pelvic floor and core for birth. This course also helps you to have a more comfortable and active pregnancy plus gives you a head start on your postpartum recovery. My three pelvic health tips I want to share with you today are about preparing your mind and body, including your pelvic floor for birth. My first tip is to learn about and connect with your pelvic floor in pregnancy. You may have heard of doing Kegels, and while pelvic floor muscle strength training has a purpose, I recommend learning about where these muscles actually are and about connecting to them, not just strengthening, but learning to relax these muscles, which can be quite helpful while you're in labor and with pushing. Your pelvic floor muscles have three layers and attach at the bottom of your pelvis from your pubic bone in the front to your tailbone in the back and side to side from sit bone to sit bone. Your pelvic floor muscles work together with the rest of your core canister, including your diaphragm, which is your deep breathing muscle that lives under your ribs. I use a cue called the flower bloom breath to relax your pelvic floor, and many of my prenatal clients and bump to birth course members use this during labor and pushing. I'll link my free ebook and short video demonstrating the flower bloom breath in the show notes. The idea is as you inhale, you picture a flower blooming at the bottom of your pelvis, and as you exhale, you keep the flower open, which helps to keep the pelvic floor relaxed. My second tip is about preparing your mind for birth, which can also help with pelvic floor relaxation and general relaxation of your entire body. Find one or more strategies that work for you. Whether it's focusing on your breath, using audio tracks with meditation or affirmations for birth, or music you find relaxing. These all can help you stay in a relaxed state mentally during labor which will help relax your body, including your pelvic floor. Releasing tension from your body in labor may help with labor progress and pain management. My third tip is to practice tip one and tip two. I've seen how helpful this is for my prenatal physio clients, bump to birth members, and I found this myself in my two births. You need to practice relaxing your pelvic floor, whether it's with movement like prenatal yoga, but also in labor positions. And also use whatever strategy you decide to help prepare your mind for birth. For example, if you choose meditation, 
listen to it over and over during pregnancy so that you'll have an easier time getting into a deep state of relaxation during labor. Hello, my name is Anita Bear Wallace, but I also go by Tia. I am the podcast host for The Masterful Art of Self-Care, as well as the creator and founder of Self-Care Physio, where I offer self-care coaching, as well as physical therapy services in orthopedics and public floor health, in clinic as well as concierge-based. I wanted to offer a public health tip, and this is in regards to establishing connection, and this is connection to our pelvic floor. For many of us, we are very disconnected to this part of our body, whether it's because of shame, of some type of guilt, of trauma, birth trauma, any type of injury, infections that we may have been subjected to or that have occurred, and then we lose that connection with this part of ourself. So two ways that you can establish better connection is visually. So whether using a handheld mirror, a full-length mirror, and just being able to see and know what your normal looks like, being able to identify what your genitals, different parts of your body look like as well too. And then the other way is also through touch. A lot of us, again, because of that shame, that guilt, we don't really touch this part of our body or touch our genitals you know, other than in a very medicalized way and have other people do it for us uh, or, you know, just during the act of um, sex, but never really for just whether it's for pleasure for ourselves or just to be connected and learn more about our body. And I think both visually through touch can be two ways that you can establish better connection, not just for being informed, but also for your overall pelvic floor health. So if you are interested in learning more about self-care, body literacy, a lot of the things that I talk about both in my podcast as well as a physical therapist, you can find me on Instagram at selfcarephysio, my website selfcarephysio.com, as well as the masterfulartofselfcare.com. Thanks. Hi there. My name is Joanna Posidolo, and I'm a pelvic floor physiotherapist. You can find me in person at three locations, downtown Toronto at Toronto Athletic Club, Sports Medicine Clinic, Liberty Village at GSH Medical at King & Strong, and in Oakville at One Elephant Integrative Health Team. You can find me online on Instagram at yourphysio underscore joe and through email at joanneu.physio at gmail.com. So today's tip is the beautiful relationship between your diaphragm and your pelvic floor. So your diaphragm is a gorgeous dome-shaped thin skeletal muscle that separates your thoracic cavity from your abdominal cavity. I'm actually obsessed with this muscle. Okay, Diaphragmatic breathing is taking a full 360 degree breath that expands our lungs like a balloon and then exhaling slowly. So diaphragmatic breathing is the most effective way to usher us into a state of calm and rest by stimulating the vagus nerve for the parasympathetic nervous system. What I love about the diaphragm is that it shares an intimate inverse relationship with your pelvic floor. So when you breathe in, your diaphragm contracts downwards and your pelvic floor relaxes. When you breathe out, your diaphragm relaxes upwards while your pelvic floor contracts. So breathing optimally and learning to use the intimate connection between your diaphragm and pelvic floor would lead to decreasing symptoms of incontinence, constipation, pain in your low back, hips and pelvis, painful sex, and for pregnancy will really help during labor and delivery. So let's strive to take a lovely, gorgeous, full breath. Your pelvic floor will thank you. My name's Melissa DeSalles. Hmm, my favorite pelvic health tip 
I can't help but go back to the basics on this one because I firmly believe if we understand our pelvic floor, what it looks like and how it works, it's so much easier to work with it. Find yourself sitting in a comfortable position and notice your sit bones going straight down into your chair. Pelvic floor muscle spans between your sit bones. It goes all the way forward to your clitoris and all the way back to your tailbone. When we do a Kegel, our pelvic floor should come together and lift. So notice that your vagina and your anus become tighter and everything lifts bottom up. Not too hard. When you relax, you should feel everything soften. There's no name for pelvic floor relaxation, but these muscles need to know how to relax too. You should notice the holes feel soft and the muscles relax. It's not a push. Notice that when you change your position, it changes how the pelvic floor works. Sit forward so your elbows on your, are on your knees. Do a Kegel, so again, squeeze and lift, and notice more is concentrated to the front, near your urethra. When you sit back into a slouchy position and do a Kegel, you should notice more attention on your anus and your tailbone. Notice now, when you squeeze your tummy in, so you create pressure above the pelvic floor, it makes the pelvic floor tighten too. And when you relax your breathing, soften your ribs and soften your belly, that your pelvic floor relaxes along with it. Again, I really think that if we understand our pelvic floor, it's so much easier to work with the symptoms that we have. For more, you can find me at Mommy Berry's Health on Instagram. My website is www.mommyberries.com. And my name's Melissa DeSalls. Have a great day. Hi, y'all. I'm Dr. Amber Brown, owner of Root Physical Therapy and Wellness in Plano, Texas. I want to say to any patients listening, make sure you feel comfortable with your therapist. If during the first session you can't quite tell since there are so many emotions that may arise during the evaluation, give it at least one more session. This isn't to say for you to expect to be healed by your second visit or notice significant difference in your symptoms but you should be able to get a sense of your comfort with the therapist. You want to be yourself to be able to let your guard down. I've had several patients transfer to me and progress at a different pace due to my relaxed and safe environment. You know this is a no-judgment zone when you're in my office. This helps you, again, putting that guard down I talked about earlier, and decrease the activity of your flight or fight or actually your sympathetic nervous system. Physical therapists out there, remember you can still be yourself and be professional. Laughter and smiles, when appropriate, can help with the healing process, especially if one is coming in thinking they are the only one with this quote-unquote taboo symptom or requiring this taboo treatment. We already know we have a lot of education that we need to be able to provide just in general. Let your, your clinic be the safe space your clients need. Hi everyone, my name is Nellie Figani and I'm excited to give you five of my favorite pelvic health tips. Tip number one is to avoid constipation. Now it's normal to go as many as three times a day or once every three days. What's important is that your stool is soft and smooth like toothpaste and that you're not straining and that there's no pain. To ensure this, you wanna have sufficient water intake, a good healthy diet, and never ignore the urge to have a bowel movement. Tip number two is on good vulva care. Do not use soap to wash your vulva. All you need is water. 
Even mild soaps can be very irritating. Tip number three is don't urinate just in case. With an adequate amount of fluid intake, the normal number of times to go to the bathroom is about five to eight. If you go more than that or just in case, it can create faulty patterns. Tip number four is to sit on the toilet to urinate. Do not hover. Your pelvic floor muscles can't completely relax if you're hovering, regardless of how strong you are. And tip number five is to consider an assessment with a pelvic floor or pelvic health physiotherapist to figure out the state of your pelvic floor muscles. These muscles could be overactive or underactive, and in both of these cases, they can be contributing to symptoms that you may be experiencing. Improving the awareness of where these muscles are and having an individualized program of what exercises you should or shouldn't do can be very helpful. You can find me on my educational website called pelvichealthsolutions.ca under the About Us tab. I work out of four clinics in the Greater Toronto Area, Aurora, Richmond Hill, Downtown Toronto, and in Vaughan. Thank you. Hi, my name is Munira Hudani, and I'm a pelvic floor physiotherapist from Canada, and I help moms rebuild their cores after pregnancy. The one thing I want postnatal women with diastasis rectus abdominis to know is to not be afraid of strengthening your core. Now, I'm not saying you should jump right back into boot camps as soon as you've been given the green light by your doctor or midwife at six weeks. But I'm also not saying that you have that having diastasis is something that has to limit your progress or even prevent you from doing harder exercises, especially if the ones you're doing right now feel really easy. Core strengthening is a process and it needs to be done gradually. After nine months of sustained stretching of the abdomen in pregnancy, it will no doubt feel weak after you have your baby. So that weakness can be addressed through strengthening. If you, if you have diastasis, there are a few things you want to consider as you're exploring new and harder exercises. One, do you have control over your core throughout the exercise or do you feel you lose the control before you're done? In the postpartum period, you're trying to reestablish connection to your core and then reinforce that connection throughout any exercise that you do. Two, do you have any pain in your body when doing the exercise? If you do feel pain when doing any exercise, it's best to modify how you're doing it to be pain-free. And three, do you experience any leaking or vaginal pressure or heaviness when doing this exercise. These typically indicate, this sign typically indicates that you might be bearing down or that there is a mismanagement of pressure in your core. So it's best to modify again how you're doing the exercise so that you're not experiencing these symptoms. By following these simple guidelines, you might realize you're capable of doing a lot more than you think. If you want to learn more about diastasis rectus abdominis, you can head on over to my website at munirahudanipt.com. Hi, my name is Trish Bunnell and I'm the owner at Get Moving Physio. Get Moving Physio is located in Barrie, Ontario, just steps from the shores of Lake Simcoe, and we have four physiotherapists there all working in pelvic health. I'm also a 
a birth doula and I'd like to talk a little bit today about what happens in birth and how we can help. Birthing moms can be silent or vocal during their births and it is not uncommon for other healthcare providers to suggest that mom hold that sound in while they are pushing to try and direct that energy into the work of pushing. And while that may work for some, for others making sounds could very well be the exact thing they need to do. So I'd like to talk about the quality of the vocalization. A high-pitched sound is made by closing the glottis in your throat, and this has been shown to tighten or close your pelvic floor muscles as well. And since we want them to be open, try to make your vocalizations low and guttural. Low sounds open your glottis and open your pelvic floor. Since birth takes place in your feeling and primitive brain more than in your thinking and intellectual brain, try practicing this ahead of time with your support person your support person can make that low-pitched sound and you can just follow along like a little birth chorus. That way you don't need to think about it so much. Once your baby is born, you will be amazed at how many hours each day you are occupied with baby care. In those early days, it's a good idea to start to reconnect with your core and your pelvic floor by controlling your intra-abdominal pressure during simple daily tasks. As you move from sitting to standing, for example, or squatting to pick up the car seat and baby, Think about exhaling with the exertion of that movement. This will help to start to prepare you for heavier tasks and exercises later in your recovery. It will also help to reduce the intra-abdominal pressure and the downward pressure on your pelvic floor. At Get Moving Physio, we do feel like it is a good idea to have a postpartum check-in with a pelvic floor physio to make sure that your birth recovery is on the right track. Thanks! Hey to Birth and Beyond podcast listeners, it's Melissa Wong, pelvic floor physiotherapist here, and today I have two tips with regards to urinary incontinence for you. Urinary incontinence happens to one in three women. Usually it happens as a leak with sneezing, coughing, laughing, running, jumping, or if you feel like you have a sudden urge to go pee and you can't quite make it to the bathroom in time. So if you do feel like you have leakage when you sneeze or cough, the next time this happens, what I want you to think of is before that sneeze or cough, I want you to think of priming that pelvic floor first. And what I mean by that is I want you to try to do a little bit of a Kegel to tighten up your pelvic floor before your sneeze or cough. This will help create a little bit of upwards pressure so that when you have that sneeze or cough, you're not creating all this downwards pressure on your bladder causing you to leak. The next thing I want you to think about when you think about exercise and leakage is that the same way you can't learn how to run before you learn how to walk, the same goes with leakage with exercise. So if you do want to be able to run without leaking, you may want to start with maybe just walking, um, making sure that you're not leaking with walking activities. And then from there, you can work your way up to jogging. You might try some interval training and slowly, slowly work your way up to be able to run without leaking. And the same goes if you want to be able to jump on a trampoline with your kids. I would start just by standing on the trampoline, making sure that you can do a little bit of balancing on the trampoline without leakage. And then from there, you can work your way up to maybe some small hops and then to full jumps on the trampoline. I hope you found these tips helpful. If you do want to find out more about me, I'm at Markham Pelvic Health in Markham, Ontario, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Markham Pelvic Health or on our website at MarkhamPelvicHealth.com. 
Hey everyone, it's Lori Forner here. I'm a physiotherapist in Australia working in pelvic floor rehabilitation. I'm doing my PhD in pelvic organ prolapse and heavy lifting, and I have a podcast called the Pelvic Health Podcast. I've got two messages for women, both as equally as important as each other, but completely different. So one is I think it's really important that everyone gets to know their body parts, specifically their genitals. What do they look like? What do they feel like? So that we can judge anything that is changing, but also so that we can work out, well, what feels good? What is pleasurable? Um, when we're with other people or other partners, it is so helpful if you know what actually feels nice to then be able to teach other people and increase your curiosity about trying different things. Now, the other one, like I said, is completely different, is talking about exercise. So we know that exercise is important for so many things within our mental health and physical health and capabilities, and huffing and puffing is really important, um, but so is resistance training. So we need to make sure that women are participating in activities where something is difficult and challenging in order to lift or push or pull. That can include gardening. It doesn't have to be lifting weights. And it might look different for everyone. And depending on if somebody has some type of pelvic floor problem, often the advice is to restrict or modify how that activity is being performed or taking away that activity at all. And this is where I think we need to explore other ways in order to help women so that you can continue to do those activities. So to summarize, I want you guys to stay active with some type of strength training and to masturbate. Hi, Anita and Jesse and all the Two Birth and Beyond podcast listeners. My name is Hannah Ross. I'm a pelvic health physiotherapist, and I am the clinic director at Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness in Toronto. I'm so thrilled today to be providing you with my pelvic health tip. The refrain that I say over and over again is the fastest way to heal is to do it slowly. And I find that postpartum, both my clients and myself, um, we just want to get to our goals quickly. We want to have our babies and then get doing all the things that we miss doing during our pregnancies. Um, and it's really important to give our bodies the time that they need to rest and recover and rehab. And then we can start to retrain all the exercises and all the movements that we are so excited to get back to. But without the time to, to rest and recover, we're going to start to uh, you know, hit hiccups along the way when we're trying to get back to all those you know, larger movements and harder exercises. So if we take the time initially to rest and recover and really care for our bodies and ourselves, we end up getting to our end goal much faster. I hope that that is helpful. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, if you have any questions or you'd like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness, or you can find us on Facebook at Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness backslash Toronto, or you can reach us on our website, vitalphysiotherapy.com. Thank you so much.
My name is Robin Sinnett, and I'm a pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist and a certified yoga teacher. My practice is mostly working with people that have a vagina. You can find me online at www.yourebbandflow.com or on Instagram at physio.robin. My top pelvic health tips are first to remember that you are not your body. You are not your vagina, your pelvis, or your vulva. While these are important areas of our being and they are important to address if you have concerns about them, there are much, much more interesting things about you. Be curious with yourself as to why these areas and concerns are so impactful to you right now. What values do you attach to them? And what do you feel you're missing out on, possibly because of these concerns? These are the things that matter, and these are the things that we should focus on. Consider this as well when choosing a practitioner. Find someone who takes a holistic approach and wants to get to know you and your life, your birth, what's important to you, and what you enjoy. As well, from my perspective, one of the most important things for the function of our pelvic floor, the function of our nervous system, management of pain, and many, many other benefits is the breath. It's simple, cheap, easy to do wherever you are, and it has massive benefits. Slow breathing in a relaxed position has been shown to help with our nervous system to relax and feel safe. It increases our pain threshold and it can decrease negative feelings of tension, anger, and depression. When our nervous system is in a safe state, our pelvic floor not only relaxes when it should, but it also contracts when it should. So whether you have a tight pelvic floor or a weak pelvic floor or some combination of both, slow relaxed breathing is a great option for you. Give it a try a few minutes a day, a few times a day. Thank you. Hello, my name is Carolyn Van Dyken, and I'm one of the owners of Reframe Rehab, a brand new interactive teaching company focusing on breaking down the barriers that we face in clinical practice between integrating orthopedics, pelvic health, and pain science. Pelvic girdle pain is a perfect example of our need to wholly embrace a biopsychosocial approach when we treat patients. A decade of research has demonstrated convincingly that pelvic girdle pain is not a result of dysfunction, either pubic symphysis or sacroiliac joint dysfunction. Dysfunction suggests that there's a problem with the biomechanics of the joint. However, the ligaments supporting the pelvic girdle joints are so strong that if you were to be involved in a high-velocity deceleration event, such as a motor vehicle accident, your pelvis would fracture before you would disrupt these ligaments. This means that when we jump, run, and play, our pelvic girdle ligaments are going to support us beautifully, even in pregnancy when things start to soften. Research demonstrates that pelvic girdle pain is more highly correlated with gonadal hormone problems prior to pregnancy, more so than the hormone relaxant during pregnancy. As a profession, let's back away from the relaxant story as a way of explaining pelvic girdle pain. If gonadal hormone problems pre-exist pelvic girdle pain, are we assessing the pelvic floor and the visceral connections to central sensitization? Let's embrace a new story. One that demonstrates that pelvic girdle pain is highly correlated with sensory motor representation changes during pregnancy. This should not surprise us. Our body image and body maps change as the baby grows within the uterus. Especially with a history of low back pain or pelvic girdle pain prior to pregnancy, this may lead to distress and a poorer connection with how to move the pelvic girdle well as a result of the ever-changing inputs of pregnancy. 
What should we do for our, our pelvic girdle pain patients? First, let's strongly reassure our patients that they are not broken and that they do not need to be fixed either with prolotherapy, manipulation, or other biomechanical solutions. Teach your patient instead about the nervous system and most importantly, measure distress objectively by using questionnaires to see how depression, anxiety, stress, catastrophization, fear, and other psycho-emotional factors may be creating a sensitive nervous system. Pregnancy is strongly correlated with sensory motor changes in the brain areas associated with regulation of movement and sensation. Measure these changes with the Fremantle Back Questionnaire in order to address sensory motor dysregulation by retraining the nervous system. I challenge all of my colleagues to look critically at our confirmation biases and to create a new narrative when assessing and treating pelvic girdle pain. Bye for now. Hi everyone, I am Sarah Reardon, a pelvic health physical therapist in New Orleans and online have a presence as the Vagina Whisperer. I am here to share with you my top three favorite tips for pelvic floor health. And I'm gonna teach you how to pee, how to poop, and how to push out a baby. My number one tip for peeing is to not strain or push when you pee. When you pee, you should actually just take a deep breath, sit down on the toilet, and relax your muscles. Your bladder is actually a muscle that pushes the pee out for you, so you don't have to push or strain or power pee or squeeze out those last few drops because your bladder can actually do the work for you. If you do strain or push, sometimes that can cause pelvic floor muscle weakness over time. My second tip is on how to poop. To take the best poops, I want you to use a stool or a squatty potty underneath your feet, which elevates your knees above your, above your hips level. This helps to relax your pelvic floor muscles. And then I want you to bear down or relax your pelvic floor and exhale or breathe out as you do this. So I often tell people to uh, blow out birthday candles as they bear down and try to poop instead of straining or holding their breath. This can help relax your pelvic floor muscles and, again, prevent weakness or straining to your pelvic floor. My last tip is on how to push out a baby. I often encourage women to explore different options for breathing and positioning when giving birth. You can try lying on your side when you give birth, which can also be done with an epidural, or you can lie on your back or even get into hands and knees or squatting position. And when you push, you can actually exhale instead of holding your breath. This again can help relax your pelvic floor muscles and prevent you from tiring out when you are giving birth. I hope these tips are helpful. And follow along on the Vagina Whisperer on Instagram for more tips for your lady bits. Hi everyone, my name is Dr. Uchenna Osai and I am a pelvic health physical therapist, a certified sexuality counselor, assistant professor at the University of Texas, Dell Medical School, as well as founder of UC Logic, which is a sex education platform dedicated to improving the sexual intelligence of grown folk like us. So a few of my favorite pelvic health tips are, number one, remember that your pelvic floor is a muscle, just like any other muscle in your body, which requires consistent and long-term attendance. So the best way to remember to engage your pelvic floor is to add it to your existing exercise routine. So you can either practice that in isolation or you can incorporate your pelvic floor in exercises that include your other muscles such as your glutes, abs, you name it. 
Another advice I would give is that to understand that your pelvic floor, it's not just about being tight and strengthening all the time. A functional pelvic floor is coordinated. That means it's able to contract, relax, as well as lengthen, which means that it optimizes not only your bladder and bowel function, but also your sexual function as well. Good luck. Hi, my name is Dr. Keneal Siegel, and I'm the owner of Lotus Physical Therapy and Wellness in New Jersey. And I wanted to share with you a few tips for those of you that suffer from pelvic organ prolapse. So pelvic organ prolapse is a heaviness or a pressure or downward movement in the vaginal canal from other organs within the pelvic cavity. And that might feel like pain or pressure. You may not even feel anything, you might see something. But a couple things that you can do to help alleviate your symptoms and possibly even reverse your pelvic organ prolapse is using gravity to your advantage. Gravity may or may not have caused your symptoms, but they certainly do aggravate your symptoms. So one thing you can do is to sit down and put your feet up just to relieve the pressure and give your organs time to settle and relax. Another thing you can do is get yourself in an inversion position, hang upside down, or even just lie down with your legs up the wall. Or if you practice yoga, practice some inversion poses, either on your back or on your stomach um, or facing down or facing up. I find that those seem to help patients quite a bit. And the next thing that I do recommend is using your glutes. It's the largest muscle in the body, your booty guys. It's the largest muscle in your body. Use it to your advantage. Engage your glutes whenever you're doing any type of work that require you coming uh, against gravity. So when you're picking up your baby, you're picking up your groceries, you're coming out of a squat or anything that looks like a squat, use your glutes to help you get there. Use your breath as well. If you exhale as you engage your glutes, you automatically engage pelvic floor um, and your deep core. So I hope that helps. Let me know what you think. You can find me at Lotus Pelvic PT on Instagram. You could also find me on Facebook at Lotus PT and Wellness. You could even find me on the web at www.lotuspt.com. Hope to hear from you and good luck. Thanks. Hi, everyone. My name is Kate Roddy. I'm an orthopedic and pelvic physio in downtown Toronto. I also created the Kegel Release Curve, which is a premium pelvic floor wand designed to make perineal massage a little bit easier in that final month of pregnancy when we want to actually relax that pelvic floor. So my tip for all the mamas listening is to do perineal massage. Prepare your pelvic floor, not only mentally, but physically. The stretch that you will experience as that baby exits out of your vagina is one that can't really be recreated unless you get down there and stretch a little bit yourself and encounter the sensations that you will feel on that day during labor. So I also recommend using my pelvic wand for after because one of the things that women have gotten no education on and we go into a little blindly is sex after baby. And our pelvic floors have been through a marathon after giving birth and then we just expect them to be a-okay at the six to eight week mark for sex. And what you're gonna find out really quickly is that they're not. So a little bit of preparation with a little bit more perineal massage, again, using the Kegel release curve, can go a long way so that that first encounter with sex 
isn't something that is painful and then it's not feared and there's no anxiety around having sex because you've done the preparation work. So I hope that helps a little bit and good luck on the day, mamas. Congratulations on your pregnancies. Bye. Hey guys, Dr. Joanne Michelle Martin, pelvic floor therapist of JMM Health Solutions. And some of my favorite pelvic health and pelvic floor tips revolve around um, intimacy and sexual function. And I would say that three of my top tips are going to be, one, making sure that you are able to relax the pelvic floor. Oftentimes in conditions related to pain, the issue is uh, what we call a hypertonic pelvic floor where the muscles are contracted or engaged too much. And we need those muscles to relax. Much the same as we need those muscles to relax for something like childbirth. When it comes to penetration, we also need those muscles to be able to relax as well so that it doesn't become a painful situation. Number two, change positions. I can't tell you how many times so many people are always saying, oh, Jay, when I have sex, you know, it hurts. Well, what does that look like for you? What positions are you in? Um, well, we tend to be a missionary. Does it hurt in any positions, any other positions? We don't know. You know something? Switch it up. Try something different. See what works best for you. Sometimes exploration is key. And I would say that my third um, tip with regards to sexual dysfunction um, is going to be make sure that you're lubricating. For some people, their sexual dysfunction or their pain with intercourse comes as a result of decreased vaginal lubrication. So go ahead and lubricate. There are lots of options out there for lubricants. There's water-based there's silicone-based, there's oil-based. Um, so go try something, go get something, try it. If you don't like it, try something else. I personally love the water-based lubricants, and especially if you're going to use any type of sexual toys, you definitely need that. So if you have more questions, need to get in touch with me, www.jmmhealthsolutions.com. Take care. Hi, I'm Sheila Zellmer. I'm a pelvic physiotherapist and a women's health coach. For many women, managing their pelvic health can be overwhelming and much like putting together a puzzle. So I'd like to share my top three tips for optimizing your pelvic health so you can ensure that none of your puzzle pieces are missing. The first step is to think beyond Kegels. When we are having pelvic concerns, we tend to focus on the muscles down there, but it's so much more than doing Kegels. Our pelvic floor needs to be strong, supple, relaxed, and agile with good endurance. You can't get all of that with just one exercise. The second piece is to work on your lifestyle as a whole. And yes, the health of our pelvic floor muscles is important, but it's still only one small piece of the puzzle. Health is much more holistic than that. It involves eating the right kinds of foods, doing the correct exercises for your lifestyle, getting restful sleep, and managing stress from both a physical and mental emotional level. You're not going to have lasting changes to your pelvic health or any health without looking at all of those things. And the last tip is to work with an expert. It's really hard to put together a puzzle when we don't have the box to know what it's supposed to look like. And working with a women's health expert like a pelvic physiotherapist will help you put all the pieces together for your unique life. My passion is to help women put their pieces together. And if you'd like more information, I'd love to connect with you. 
You can find me online at SheilaZellmer.com or on Instagram at at SheilaZellmer. And so that wraps up our episode with tips from an incredible group of pelvic health physiotherapists. Jess and I want to send a huge thank you to everyone who contributed to this episode. Don't forget, head over to the show notes at twobirthandbeyond.com to find out how you can connect with each pelvic health physiotherapist you heard on today's show. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 